0: This might look like a normal job, but it's not. When hackers infiltrate networks and steal or destroy proprietary data, we're all at risk. Earn a master's degree in cybersecurity online at Grand Canyon University and help protect your company from cyber threats by performing vulnerability assessments and threat hunting to catch hackers. What do you think protecting your company looks like? GCU offers over 175 high-quality online programs like this one. Find your purpose at Grand Canyon University. Visit gcu.edu.
1: Welcome to another edition of 2 Up Front. I'm Baxter Colburn. This is Simon Provan. It's a Thursday edition of our show, Simon. We are excited. Lots to talk about. Some heartache north of the border for MLS fans, but still a commendable result overall as we get ready to talk about the Montreal Impact, along with many other things today during our show. We've got our weekly power rankings. We've got some predictions for you. There's just a lot of fun stuff to talk about, Simon. Wouldn't you agree? I would agree. Unfortunately, we're going to be a little
2: abbreviated today. We are, yes. Again, technical difficulties starting out here. Uh, But we're going to get through the stuff that we need to get through today. The
1: important stuff. Not that everything that we talk about isn't important, but the the extra, extra important stuff that we want to talk about. Um, But before we do that, Simon, where can they find us on social media?
2: They can find us on Facebook at 2UpFront. And they can also find us on
1: Twitter at 2UpFrontSoccer. Yes, indeed. And you can now listen to us on Spreaker.com. And don't forget, May 7th, we will officially be launching on SportsRadioAmerica.com. So that would be uh, our next episode. That's right. Our very next So we launch next week. Wow, tomorrow's May? What? Mayday. Mayday. Where in the world did this... I I don't even know why. How are we in May already?
2: And it was... Only 50 degrees today?
1: Come on, weather. (laughs) It was like 78 in Florida, where I'm from. Oh my gosh. Yeah. yeah. Well, Uh, bring
2: some of that warm weather
1: up with you. I will do my best. After the wedding, I will do my best to bring as much hot weather as I can with me. But another exciting announcement, Simon. You can now download our podcast on iTunes. Uh, You can go to iTunes and search for two up front. And you'll see our our nice, beautiful logo on there, courtesy of Edge Promotions. And you can download and hit subscribe and give us a good review and all of that. We would very much appreciate that. Uh, We are not on the Cube today, Uh, like we mentioned, with some technical difficulties, a.k.a. I forgot to plug in the iPad, but that's (laughs) irrelevant. Um, So uh, no uh, video today, but either way, you still get to hear our beautiful voices. And that's all that matters. That's right. (laughs) So uh, jumping right into it, Simon, uh, last night was the second leg of the CONCACAF Champions League final. Uh, Montreal was going into the game, the game was 1 1.
2: 1 with that away goal that Montreal had. So they were actually in the driver's seat. Though we they were. Knew, the, we knew that driver's seat was not a very comfortable one to begin with. Exactly, uh, yes. You know, I put on our Facebook page a whole layout of what has to happen. And basically, 0 0 is fine. 1 1 was okay. would take them into overtime. Uh, anything beyond that? No bueno. Yeah, and last night ended up being no bueno in the end.
1: Exactly, but you did have the sense for just a few minutes, We're actually the first half. The, the first half, I I was
2: very confident that actually Montreal was going to pull this off. I yeah, thought, man, they're you know they're they were letting Club America have the sides again, like they did in the first game. But when it came to the eighteen, anything inside and around the eighteen, Montreal took care of business, and they just gave me that 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 confidence that they're going to they're gonna take care of this. They're going to be the first MLS
1: team, the first Canadian team to win this tournament and go on to the FIFA Club World Cup. Which would have been absolutely incredible but as the way the soccer gods will have it sometimes, uh, Montreal scored in the 8th minute. A very, very nice goal an individual effort by Andres Romero Um, With an
2: individual effort before that from Piotti, who, man, he just slalomed through several players, then passed it off, and you take it from there. (laughs) Well, I was just going
1: to say, with Romero and Piotti, too, I think they're some of the more underrated players in Major League Soccer. They do so much and are the pinnacle attack for Montreal, but I think a lot of people forget about that. Uh, So going into halftime, it was 1-0. A lot of people were excited, saying, hey, 45 more minutes, and Montreal is on their way to wherever they have the club. Where where is the... The world, the the club, the comp- FIFA club. You know, I don't know where it is this year. To be in honest India. with you, Might it's
2: it, it's all over the place. It used to always be in uh, in Japan. Actually, uh, before that, it was, I think it was it was. Besides just the winners of Europe and yes. South America, they've they've been moving
1: it around now. Yes, indeed. So we'll, we'll have to look it up. We'll have to find out yeah, where it yeah, is. Yeah, exactly. Montreal lost. It's just Simon's got no reason for excitement <laughs> this week. But, uh, yeah, the wheels started to fall off. Simon, in the uh, early in the second half, Dario Benedito, uh, he ended the day with a hat trick.
2: He did, a well-deserved one, I have he to really say. He really did. You know, he, he tried the scissors kick in the first game, failed miserably. This time... Nailed it. Nailed it. Gorgeous. I mean, it was beautiful. It was a beautiful goal. Uh, then Peralta comes in. He gets a goal. I mean, it just... There was that well that's 16 minutes or so yeah where montreal's defense as great as they were in the first half they just became swiss cheese there it for really the you know, 15 minutes and it was uh it was heartbreaking i'll tell you what, once once peralta got that second goal for club america
1: all the confidence I had for Montreal, Yeah, I knew it was over. It was, and you definitely had that feeling. And the way the goals were scored, too, so these weren't simple little tap-in goals. These were things of absolute beauty, especially from Dario Benedito. You talk about a Man of the Match award and an MVP award and a hat-trick. That man, with his performance last night, was one of the best I've seen in the modern day of soccer in a long time.
2: There's a reason Club America paid $8 bucks for him. There's a reason they played paid $10 million for Peralta. Those guys know how to play the game, and you think about those two players, right? Just those two guys alone probably cost Club America more than the entire roster of the Montreal Impact. Oh, yeah. There's got to be a point, if MLS really wants to take this seriously... MLS can't have teams out there on a prayer and a whim. yes they've got to be able to spend the money. Yep. MLS has to make it possible for these teams to be successful on an international scale and you can't do that on a salary cap that's just south of four million and by the time the uh, CBA is done with after five years, it's going to be just north of four, maybe
1: five million. yeah and it's you MLS clubs continue to complain about saying, oh well, we want to be able to compete with the international clubs. well, Maybe if you had the capital for it, then yes, you I understand you want to have the homegrown factor that, you know, made in America as it were. I totally understand that. But if you want to be able to grow as an organization, you have to have money. And it's whatever up to you that you do with it, but you can still spend money on multiple players instead of paying, you know, like we're seeing, you know, three hundred, you know, million dollars for Ronaldo and all those other price tags. You don't have to necessarily throw in that much money for one player, but even still if you have even twenty or thirty million dollars you can build a pretty nice team with that Absolutely, amount of money.
2: Absolutely, yes. Well, here's one more thing that will help out. And I'm sorry I got to go back to this. Please. But CONCACAF refereeing. <laughs> hey, I'm going to. Can I read you my game notes while I, I was watching the game? I love it if you did, please. All right. Listen yellow card early in the game against Oduro. Yes. Right? For the same type of foul that happened to him early in the game nothing. It was just a call. All right. The sure. assistant referee misses either a headbutt or a, or a punch or a push to the face on Donadel. Topa gets taken out as he's running back on D. Donadel in- intercepts the ball clearly in front of a Club America player, gets called for a foul and a no more warning on that. When it was, there, was n- there was no reason for that, he-, he won the ball sliding in front of a player, didn't even touch the player. There was a clear penalty call for the impact as Piatti was taken down in the box. And yet what happens on the counter? Sumar gets carded for a yellow. Uh, taking a player out behind Now was it a fair call? Yeah it was a fair call It was a fair yellow mm-hmm. But it should never happen in the first place Because that was a clear penalty in the box I'm not done yet well, I didn't think you were <laughs> <laughs> And then the same type of foul against Oduro That was only a foul Not a card on Pablo mm-hmm. Right. So Pablo takes out Oduro No card of course. That was the first 24 minutes of the game Jeez. The first 24 minutes and Pablo was getting away with stuff all game long. Then Guerrero finally gets a yellow card. This was in the... Let's see, when did Guerrero finally get that card? Uh, in the, the 28th, 28th minute. minute. Yep. All right. So you're thinking, okay, it's evening out. Yet in the <laughs> 38th minute, Guerrero doesn't go for the ball at all. He takes out Piatti from behind, and he gets a talking to. That, by the spirit and letter of the law, that is a second yellow. <laughs> yes. and that's, a, that's the second game in a row that Montreal... I'm sorry, they got screwed out of a player supposed to have to get a a red on Club America, and they didn't. Now, that all said, yes, the refereeing was horrible, but the impact cannot use that as an excuse. No, they certainly can. If there's one thing that was concerning to me from the beginning of the game, is as they would try their counter, you saw their nerves in the offense. They were playing passes very poorly. They weren't getting it to the players they needed to get it to. And you saw the players getting frustrated with each other. they got to be... If you're going to rely on the counter-attack, like they did at Azteca, you got to be able to make those passes. You can't let your nerves get the better of you up there. Um, so, you know, let's face it, there should have been a penalty call. Maybe it puts up Montreal 2-0. It's a totally different game. But I got tired of seeing Montreal argue with the referee. You know, be the better team in, in regards to your discipline let the ref call the game, fine. I understand you want to try to get into his head a little bit, but don't go down to the type of play that Club America would with their attitudes. That's all I'm saying. No, you're very much correct about
1: that. There were 33 total fouls in the game last night, 20 of those against the impact. Which is ridiculous. I mean, were
2: there that many fouls? No. Perhaps. Well, perhaps. Maybe more. Sure. But you've got to be more consistent. That's all I'm asking from the referees. Yes. Just be more consistent. If you give a guy a yellow for a foul and he commits almost the exact same foul, you've got to give him another yellow. Mm-hmm. He made that choice to
1: do that, so he's out of the game. Yeah, I completely agree. There's no reason or excuse for that. The referees definitely need to be looked at, and I think CONCACAF needs to get their act together in the nicest way possible of saying that and um, really take a hard look at the referees that they're assigning to these games. Maybe you go and hire out. Maybe you bring in European refs for these kind of tournaments and not biased. That way you can't have any issues of, oh, they're Hispanic and it's a Hispanic team in the final against an American team. Oh, down with the Americans, da, da, da. No, come on. Like, Let's move on from that bias in the USA-Mexico rivalry. Let's move on from all of that. You need to be able to have referees that come in that know, that know about the game but are not tied to the leagues at all. They don't play. They're not Concacaf referees. I personally think you should do that. You should bring in refs from Europe, bring in them from Asia, Australia, somewhere. Bring those refs in and let them do it. That way, they're outside that bias zone.
2: I I completely agree with that. That's uh, it would be a fantastic idea. Then you know you're not gonna. Well, I shouldn't say you know you're not gonna get that bias, but it certainly hopefully evens out a bit more. I would assume
1: so. I mean, if you were to bring in say you bring in a German ref, you know, a sure, group of uh, sure. three German referees that come in, they ref in the Bundesliga, they have zero ties to MLS, they have zero ties to the Mexican League. I really doubt that they were going to call that game biased one way or another. Now, give credit to CONCACAF for one thing. Sure. Uh, the,
2: the Costa Rican team that the Impact played. Yes. We've tried to say that name several times. I'm just not even going to... It starts with an H, starts with, start with an A. Starts oh, an with a. An a. We'll call them the A team. <laughs> don't know. There you go. Uh, you know, they were throwing... Coins, they were throwing shoes. Actually, one of the coins hit uh, Evan Bush, the goalkeeper for the impact, in the head down Mm. there during CONCACAF Champions League play. Well, they actually got sanctioned. Good. They got sanctioned an undisclosed amount of money, and their next time they play in CONCACAF Champions League... Their, uh, their first game, I believe it is, they have to play in a different stadium. Now, you and I talked about this where, hey, that's great, but at the same time, Costa Rica is a small country. Mm-hmm. Plenty of fans can show up there. I-, I wish CONCACAF would do what UEFA does in that, hey, you're going to play the game at home, but no fans can come. Or, as we talked about, yeah. which I think would be the best solution, I completely- you don't get a home game yeah. in the next two-leg series you play. That's perfect. That that will make teams
1: and fans start to respect the game more. Exactly. And I, I think it's interesting, Simon, as you were talking, I was looking. I just I just Googled CONCACAF just to see what would come up. And there's a headline from ESPNFC.com that comes up that says, Money, not magic, needed for MLS to surpass League MX and CONCACAF. Hmm. You can take that any way you want to. And some people could make the argument that, yes, you know, it really would be very beneficial if, you know, there was more money to go around like we just talked about um but at the same time like how do you how do you fully address that like you said MLS is on the bottom of the totem pole when it comes to American leagues that are getting money NFL NBA sure mm-hmm. all the uh, major league baseball that doesn't have a salary cap you know like imagine if if MLS didn't have a salary cap right I wouldn't even know. It would turn into well, FIFA Ultimate Team.
2: Uh, well, I will say, I don't think I don't think they're ready for that yet. I mean, no, that, that, no. that's where the lessons of the old NASL have to come into play. You know, the expansion was way too fast. People think MLS is expanding. They're saying, "Oh, it's just like the NASL." No, my friends, the NASL expanded a lot faster than uh, <laughs> than uh, MLS is yes, right now. It wasn't ready. But um, you know, the thing is, you. I, the impact did show, I don't think it's going to take much more money. No. Um, I'd be interested to see what this what this uh, article all has to say. I mean, impact did hold their own. You know, I think one of the things that may have affected the impact, actually, is that they had too much time away from league play. Yes. And they I, I'll there. admit this is revisionist history because I was a big fan of all of this happening. Yeah. But
1: now looking back, you know, maybe they should have played one or two of those games that got moved. Why not? I think they should have, in all honesty, because that way it keeps you informed. And I, I understand you want to keep your players healthy for playoffs and all of that. But, like you said, why not? Why not be able to go and be able to play at least one league, one more league game? They've only played what two or three up to this point. Something like that. It's yeah. been a very very. I think it's four. Well, three or four. Either way, it's not a lot, regardless. Either, either
2: way, over the weekend, Club America didn't just play any old Liga MX game. They played against Chivas Guadalajara. They played one of their yeah, the That's biggest. That's their derby. Rugby. Yeah. yeah, their derby. You know that 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 was huge. Um, and actually. You saw how serious Club America took this tournament because Peralta did not start that game. Yeah. So so I give respect to Club America. I actually have to also say I give respect to their goalkeeper. He was trash-talking before the game saying, we're easily going to put five goals up against them. Oh, they, uh, they, 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 they don't. Des- <laughs> well, and they did, right? Uh, but they don't deserve to be in this tournament. Lo and behold, after the game, he said, you know, it was it was in the moment. Um, they deserved to be here. They were a worthy opponent. All the credit to them. So I give credit for Munez uh, Munez coming back and, and retracting on his comments and, and giving them the, such respect.
1: Yes, yep. And I'm, as I'm looking through this article one last time, too, uh, this, a quote from Frank uh, from Klopas stands out saying, these players here, referring to the impact players, they don't make millions of dollars like the America players do and and the next paragraph says and in a, and that's it in a nutshell the richest team in the continent's richest league america spends up to 10 times more than the humble impact on payroll and that's that's true for a lot of teams sure
2: the the thing that's this article is ignoring though is what money does it not yes it brings you better players but what it does more importantly is it builds depth in the squad yes you can have great players from 1 to 11 but it's after that eleventh player, that it really matters. We saw that with the goalkeeper situation. Yeah. Evan Bush is out, so what does Montreal have to do? They got to go to NASL club Indy Eleven and, sell, uh, and sign
1: Nicked. And, <laughs> His first game is the second leg of the Concacaf Champions League yeah. final, and there were Man. and we were hearing rumors around Major League Soccer about Sean Johnson trying to get loans for right. a game, and then yeah. there was all the rules and regulations, and people were saying, "Why don't we just stack the impact and just make it an All Star team?" Well, you did some research and found out that in the bylaws that you of, the, can't of do Concacaf that. You, you can't, can't do, do that. that which, right. It makes sense it obviously, does it does otherwise that would kind of take away from that oh, this was the Montreal impact it wasn't the Montreal impact all stars it was exactly the Montreal impact, and
2: that's how it should be. I mean, you shouldn't be able to just take any old players at the same time, if you're out of players, there's got to be something to uh, make up for that, but then that's a tricky situation too, because then you have players feigning injury, and how do you yeah how do you monitor that yeah so so the impact did what they could you know i'm I'm sick of the moral victories. When it comes to MLS. Yeah. but I love those where
1: it's like, oh, we did as good as we could do. That's yeah. great, but we didn't win. We're past that. We've been around for 20 years. We're past that. Well, we made it there. Good, good, good job. Like right. No. we how At what point do you start turning up the volume and saying, look, if we don't win, we're not doing anything. We're not actually achieving anything. Sure, we made it to the final. That's great. But... You had a valid opportunity, and people, I think, should criticize the impact for their lack of being able to finish out the game.
2: It was just odd how, and this is where I'm going back to, maybe it's about playing some of those league games. They look so tired in that second half compared to Club America, and America's been not taking a break.
1: So maybe they weren't as in game shape as they should have been. Yes, Uh, they thought they were resting, but they weren't getting the proper rest. Because they should have had some more league reps,
2: exactly, and I agree with that so so here 's the deal. I give credit to Montreal. what a turnout yeah in 61, in Montreal sixty one thousand the largest crowd for a professional soccer game. They had louder larger crowds there uh, in the Olympics, but this was the largest crowd for a professional soccer game. Uh, talk about. Talking about making this tournament mean something. Yeah. I, you know, Club America came out and said they sold 105,000 tickets. That ended up being more like fifty four or 56,000. But still, that's a credible crowd for a game Not that, that, at all, no. that Club America fans were even saying, ah, we don't care about this. Hey, when you saw those players crying last night after winning this trophy, I appreciated that. I, I appreciated too. seeing how much this actually did mean to Club America. So I wish them all the best. You know... <laughs> There's one. There's one team that did well from our region in the uh, FIFA Club World Cup. It was a Mexican team. I want to say it was maybe Pachuca who made it to third place one year. But there's there's been plenty of times <laughs> where the Mexican teams have been embarrassed in there. So, Club of America, I'm asking you, all right, now we're behind you when it comes to the FIFA Club World Cup. Yeah. Represent CONCACAF well. Impact, I thought you represented MLS well. You went down to Azteca, did the impossible, you got a result. Came back home, didn't happen. You had 15 minutes where, as I said, your defense became Swiss cheese. But we wish you the best of luck. What I'm most interested now moving on from this Yeah. Obviously, and I give Montreal credit for this as well, they prioritized Champions League play over league play. Mm-hmm. Now I want to see what happens now that they're done with league play, or, uh, Champions League play, how Montreal is going to do in MLS. I don't think we've seen the real Montreal impact. Well, we've barely seen them anyways. Exactly. Uh, in MLS.
1: Yeah, you know, I completely agree. And, Simon, that does lead us in nicely uh, to our 50-50 segment as well, brought to you by the Wisconsin Sports Group. Uh, now, the way the, our 50 50 uh, segment works is that uh, Simon and I will each take a side of a hot topic right now. And uh, today, Simon, we are talking about uh, what do you prefer, the CONCACAF Champions League or the UEFA Champions well, let, League? Let me put a little
2: caveat on that. It's not sure. so much what we prefer as it is which one do we find more exciting. Yes.
1: Right? You're right. That's, that's a good way to put it. Uh, I be- well, Who started last week? Did you start? I think I did. I think you I don't did. know. I think it was Age Before Beauty last week. I don't know. <laughs> That's remember. right. Yes, yes. I think so. <laughs> All right. So I will start it off uh, with 45 seconds. Uh, Simon and I each get 45 seconds apiece, um, making a total for 90 seconds, which is a complete soccer match. That's right. So you see what we did there? <laughs> That's what we, we try to think about some of the things we do. We don't want to sound like complete, you know foolish people. But anyway... We do that enough. Though. We do that enough by ourselves. That's why we have a radio show. I don't know. Anyway, so uh, 45 seconds on the clock for myself. Uh, I'm ready when you are, sir. And uh, tweet, tweet. Tweet, tweet. Alright, well for my side, I am taking the fact that the more exciting tournament to watch as a whole uh, and the more the higher level of play obviously goes to the UEFA Champions League. You look at the absolute best players in the world playing for multiple weeks on end. You have... Yes, you may have the argument that you get the Barcelona's, Real Madrid's, PSG's, Bayern Munich's. You know, it's kind of that same group of six to eight teams every year. But you get to look at the six to eight teams with the best players on a national and international level all the time. That's the best soccer you're going to watch in the world. CONCACAF, you've got miles to go before you even think about comparing with having Messi and Ronaldo and the German national team, a.k.a. Bayern Munich, playing for what they do on a weekly basis.
2: Done. Ooh, that's going to be a tough one to argue with, but I'm going to have to. I know well, you give are. it a shot here. All I'll right, 45
1: seconds for you, sir. The second half begins now.
2: I can't argue with the fact that the group play is much more exciting, for the most part, in UEFA Champions League. But what I will say, what I find more exciting about Concacaf Champions League is the variety of teams you end up seeing. Yes, you have a lot of repeat winners. But when we're looking at the difference in the teams that are playing, look, we had a Canadian team this year. Yes, it's dominated by Mexican teams, but you see some different ones in there. Uh, CF Atlante won the first version of the Champions League. Pachuca won the next now, Monterey went on a run there where they won three in a row. They also beat RSL in that. Uh, then Cruz Azul won last time, and then last night was Club America. We look on who they all played. We see Cruz Azul was a runner-up a couple years, but we got Real Salt Lake, Santos Laguna, Toluca, Montreal Impact. There's a lot of variety, and that
1: makes it more exciting. Yes, it does. And even looking at it really quick, too, the LA Galaxy and the Seattle Sounders made it to the uh, semifinals back in 2012-2013. TFC... Uh, the first Canadian team yeah. to do it before it was cool, back in 2011, 2012. And hey, you know what else too?
2: I, I I do miss the old Champions Cup only because that was the last time an American team actually won Concacaf. Yes, <laughs> yeah, exactly. LA Galaxy was the last to do it in 2000. Now I can't argue with
1: the level of play, though. Obviously, the level of play in UEFA is the best there is. Better it than is. the World Cup when it gets it, down to it. It to really it. is. It's exciting. You get the best players because sometimes teams na- players' national teams aren't good enough. That's right. To make it there. All right, we're gonna take a quick break, and we come back. We're gonna recap. Uh, The week that was in Major League Soccer, reveal our new power rankings and talk about a little bit of... Simon and I got to be famous for a very short period of time, but we're going to talk about that. Five seconds of fame. We'll we'll talk about that and so much more when we come back. This is 2 Up Front. Welcome back to Two Up Front.
2: I'm Baxter Colburn. This is Simon Provan. Are you sure? I did it again. I'm looking oh at stuff, and I, I, this thing gets in my way. It's called thinking. Oh, you know?
1: I th- that's. I thought you just have to go for it. You just gotta, you know, release your inner actor and just go for it, Simon. <laughs> Come on, you're the actor, not yeah, me. <laughs> yes. Well, Simon, uh, earlier this week on Tuesday, you and I had the opportunity to be famous for 0.3 seconds. Uh, we got to attend a press conference uh, for the Wisconsin Sports Group, uh, as they are working with the City of Milwaukee, uh, Milwaukee Parks. Yeah, so this is kind of like our hometown spotlight without a it guest is. today. It is. We right? were the, we were the guests because we were there in live and in person, and now we yeah. are here talking about it. But uh, it's
2: exciting stuff, is what it is. It it's is. What's going on with uh, Milwaukee County Parks partnering up with Wisconsin Sports Group? What they're doing is uh, they've got some tennis courts that just aren't being used anymore, like they were. 70s, 80s, 90s. And so the Wisconsin Sports Group has teamed up with Milwaukee County Parks, and they're actually resurfacing at least the Lincoln Park tennis courts to be a outdoor futsal court. Yeah. And they're planning on doing this with hopefully at least fancy, four fancy. more venues. Yeah, I think that's cool. You know, the, the great thing, and we talked about this at the event, is that one of the things American soccer has been lacking is getting into the inner cities. Yeah. And finding those uh needles in the haystack of talent that maybe you would go play basketball or American football instead. You can't build these huge grass fields everywhere. Yep. You're not always always gonna get twenty two players out there to play, but what you can do, you have a futsal court, all you need is that heavy ball, ten players. At the moment. Even then, right, you could have eight. You could you could do three on three. Yeah and and play just fine. So, boy, I'm really hoping that this is a movement that helps bring those inner city kids out to play the world's
1: game. Yeah, no, I completely agree. I think that is a huge opportunity uh to continue to grow the sport. Like you said, especially when it comes to the inner city Milwaukee uh it is inner cities as a whole because like you said, so much of what kids do when they're young is go play basketball at the local, you know, park or go and play uh, football, you know, even in the streets, you know, or you can—you've heard right. of pick up, pick up baseball, sandlot baseball, as it were—and you always try to think, Oh, I can't play soccer because we don't have a big grass field, room, don't have big goals." Well, with futsal now at the local tennis courts, you'll be able to do that, and you pretty much do it for free. Exactly, you know, they're they're providing everything
2: for these kids to go out there and do it. Uh, it's it's exciting, you know. It it allows kids to play street soccer in a safe environment yep. and it allows them to experience what the Brazilians, what the Spanish, you know, what Argentines, what they all do when they're growing up, they take a ball out there and they play futsal. And it's, it's a game we've talked about a lot on the show, how, mm-hmm. how greatly it helps develop uh, your, your, your skills, yeah. your decision-making, everything that you need to be a complete player.
1: Yeah, and we've seen that, too. And we were we were talking with the commissioner of the professional futsal league, Keith Tozer, and he said, you look at the best players in the world when they were talking for, you know, during the World Cup, Neymar, Ronaldo, and Messi. All of them sometime throughout the World Cup said, I am who I am today because I grew up playing futsal. And that's exactly it. You look at their touches, their pace, their speed, their ridiculous you know skills that they have on the ball because they had that futsal br- upbringing. Right, so now we have a group in Wisconsin, uh, Allison Phillips,
2: We've got Keith Tozier, uh, we, a whole bunch of people involved in this. Um, so it's the Milwaukee Parks, it's Unitas, who's uh, the uh, uh, supplier, uh, Badger Max is part of this, and of course, Two Up Front is there to cover Woo! all of this as well. So, yes, indeed. So we're excited to continue our partnership with Wisconsin Sports Group, where we're very excited for what they're doing in the Milwaukee County Parks. We hope this spreads across the country, that it's not just a Milwaukee thing, but uh, this is th- this could be really big for the sport in this country.
1: Yes, indeed. We look forward to continuing the growth. We're going to have to maybe sneak out there one of these days and go kick around. Too. That's one thing Simon and I have yet to do is actually play a little, a little soccer together. Yeah, I've got maybe some little, injuries I'm still salt. dealing with. Yeah, Aren't we all? Come yeah. on. I've got a reconstructed <laughs> foot. I think you'll be just fine. Uh, anyway, Simon, uh, talking about reconstruction as teams look to salvage <laughs> some of their their dignity early in this season. You talk about the Chicago Fire, a team that has gone from worst to f- almost first in, in a very short, brief amount of time as we look back on the week that was in Major League Soccer. Uh, and we start with those Friday games on April 24th as the Chicago Fire grab a 1-0 victory against New York City FC. The, the decline continues for the expansion teams, and we sure does. about it. Reality has hit, has it? It really it? has, and I think certain teams are starting to forget that. They're like, oh... Well, you know, we came out of the gates hot, but, oh, that's right. You have to play more than five or six games in a season. There's 34 games, and you actually have to finish above a certain line to make it to the playoffs. And I think the expansion teams, both Orlando and NYCFC, are starting to realize that the, the pomp and circumstance, the April Fool's purple fields, as it were, are starting <laughs> to wear off, and they actually need to get down to it and play that nitty-gritty soccer.
2: I will say the one thing for NYCFC is they didn't have David Villa, and they don't have Josh Saunders, who's yes. their starting goalkeeper, up. Uh, but it's not like they were doing well the last couple of weeks before that you know
1: uh, they tied philly for gosh sakes right how do you tie philly <laughs> i mean really that's, this season that's that's just a loss when <clears throat> you look at it if you tie philly or colorado just disband so this is the
2: this is the crazy thing. Mira, the goalkeeper for the uh, what are we what are they going to call themselves? What do you think? What do you think the, the for the fans, NYC? Yeah, what do you think? Well, the fans they can't be will, called the Blues. That's not who well, are the Blues? I, Isn't Sporting okay, Kansas you know the Blues kind of? <laughs> I don't think they officially are. They could be called the Blues. or they could? Let's just call them what they are: Manchester City Junior. You could do that. You know, I mean, that's essentially what they're. Anyways, uh, City. So they're out with Via and Josh Saunders. So Mira, who's a goalkeeper for the Red Bulls, is on loan. To New York City FC this season, which is interesting. Yeah. Uh, You know, I remember him playing with the Red Bulls. He did quite well. The Irish national team was actually uh, had him on their radar. But, anyways, uh, David Ackham dp for the fire he's the guy who played in like the second division out in scandinavia or something yeah. like
1: that he finally gets a goal <laughs> and they were like he's such a great signing and i'm like who <laughs> who never heard so, of so
2: well he gets it he gets his first goal good for him and he did a great job you know he mira saw the ball going out of bounds so he went to go save it but as he's doing that Akam went to pressure him well mira bobbles the ball as as he went for it and Akam just turned saw the goal put it in
1: one zero that's all they needed and that's all I needed to continue to shoot up the standings. And we'll find out later as well. They make a jump up the ladder, as it were, the as the firehouse uh, in our power rankings as well. Uh, later uh, that night, though, on Friday night, Colorado taking on FC Dallas. Uh, I know for myself personally, I was like, oh, FC Dallas should win that game. Oh, no, actually, I actually had Colorado win that game. You did. You game. picked that. That was your upset. That was my call. upset for yeah. the week. And it, it's not like it didn't completely come true, but it was a 1 1 tie, unfortunately. Colorado. Proving that they are maybe not as bad? That's what I'm thinking. Because, maybe they're starting to put stuff together. Because they beat FC Dallas 4-0 a few weeks ago, and then they haven't done two incredibly horrible since, but uh, I don't really know. I'm really is, not is, sure.
2: Or is it that they just have FC Dallas's number? You know, that's, That that's, is also you, very You possible. always have that team that they're horrible, but they just seem to have another team figured out, and I'm wondering if that's what's going on. That I say that, but then again, Colorado ties... The Red Bulls... Yeah, later uh, on that week. Uh, last night.
1: Yeah. was it last night? It was last yep. night. Yep, yep, you were absolutely correct about that. The one MLS game during the CONCACAF Champions right. what, what I don't even know. Anyway.
2: And, and you know, we'll, we'll, we'll get to the new whole New York Red Bulls thing in a bit of how that could be a factor.
1: That could, yeah. I mean, looking at Colorado, they are still the worst team in the Western Conference with eight points. Ironically enough, they would be in sixth place in the Eastern Conference. Yeah, like we keep saying all season long... I
2: think I do think, Baxter, the top teams in the East, for example, New England, they're on fire. Yeah. D.C. are starting to come around on, but they go to, they go to Vancouver, get a 2-1 win there. I do think we'll see the top teams in the East give the teams in the West a huge run for their money. And I wouldn't be surprised if the Cup winner does come
1: out of the East. But as a whole, mm-hmm. the Western Conference... It's just, it's a beast. It is. It really is, especially when you threw Houston and Sporting into that division last year, too. Everyone was like, oh, great. You know, let's yeah. just make it not, even more not, difficult. Not only are you moving
2: two of the stronger west uh, Eastern teams into the West, you're replacing them in the East with two expansion teams. Yeah,
1: and the East is probably like, thanks for that. Yes. Appreciate yes. it. I mean, I, they, they, the conference lost a little bit of credibility because of that. But well, even, you know what, though? This goes back
2: to why we need the MLS Cup playoffs. Yeah. It's not a balanced schedule. You, you can't claim your... The Supporter Shield winner doesn't mean you won the league. No. Because you haven't played each team an equal amount of times.
1: If you're a team in the East, let's face it, you have an easier schedule this year. You do. You played your conference teams three times... And then you play everybody in the West once. Once. So, Sometimes twice, depending on scheduling. And then, of course, still.
2: vice versa for the more difficult conference yeah. in the West. So how, do you, how can you, if you're New England Revolution, and this is not a slight on your no, team, no, but of course not. if you're the New England Revolution and you do best in the league, you can't sit there and claim, yep, we're the best team um, because we got most points. Well, you played the
1: expansion clubs six times this season. Yeah, and whether or not you beat them all six times is yet to show, and you, and even taking into account they just beat RSL 4-0 this last weekend, they beat a non-Nicromondo, non-Kyle Beckerman right. RSL. Yes, a very weekend totally RSL team. team. Totally different.
2: So you need to have something to figure out who truly is the best in the league. Yes. And the
1: way to do that is through playoffs, and then you have a final. And that's why I love the playoffs. And I mean, as much as I'm mad that they expanded it, it's a good idea because now they can actually... Get a little bit more in there because there's always that one or two teams right. every year that like, oh, right. if they'd have made the playoffs, you know, like they should have, but you know that one goal and that one rainy night in October they lost because of whatever. But you
2: know. yeah, I'm still not a fan of expanding it to 12 teams. I know you're probably not either, but I'm not. I, no, it ta- it does take a little glimmer off of the regular season. At the same time,
1: you need these teams to be fighting. Till the end of the season for something. Yep, exactly. And we certainly saw that from uh, four different teams on Saturday, Simon, as the New England Revolution put in four goals against Real Salt Lake, Columbus put in four goals against the Philly Union, and then Houston and Sporting Kansas City combined for eight goals to go 4-4 for arguably one of the best games we're probably going to see all year.
2: That was an amazing game. you mind if I do a quick review of that? So Sporting Kansas City gets a goal in the second minute of play. Christian Nemeth, another great goal. He had one earlier this season. Uh, puts it in there to, to put SKC up. And then you're thinking, all right, this is going to be a blowout by, by Sporting. Nope, Barnes from Houston in the 11th minute ties it up, pouncing on a uh, Sporting Kansas City mistake there. And then we see uh, 35 seconds into the second half, Barnes gets his second goal. Keeper looked like he was asleep on that one, by the way. He really did, yeah. Um, so uh, that's actually where where Houston is now up. Three to one. Oh, the first half stoppage. Will Bruin, they call him the Dancing Bear. <laughs> he got his first start of the season. Yeah. His first goal of the season. A nice glancing header for him. So he puts that in. So after Barnes' goal in the second half, thirty-five seconds into the second half, Houston's up three-one. So you're thinking, all right, good night. This yeah. is done. They're playing at home in Houston. Not, taking not care not of. Not to worry about anything. And that's not what happens. And what, then the second what, half. What, what does happen? Seventy-fourth showed up. That's right. Seventy-fourth <laughs> minute. Oh, Ricardo Clark. How quickly you have fallen! Such a poor long back pass to his keeper that it reminds me of the World Cup two year. two World Cups ago. Yeah, oh. Well, Dom Dwyer is there, yeah. pounces on the ball. It's you what know, happens. a player like Dwyer is going to take advantage of those mistakes every time. And guess what? I'm going to give a compliment to a ref. Oh, so Dwyer has the ball. Keeper basically takes him out. You see the ref about to blow it, mm-hmm. but he sees Dwyer get up and get the ball, lets him score in in uh, in regular play. Yeah, ref let it great. play on. Uh, then in the let's see where are we at here now? In the 80th minute, Sporting Kansas City ties it up. Three apiece. Uh, Benny puts in a PK after the Dynamo handball, which did lead to a red card, by the way. Yep. It took three minutes before that penalty kick actually
1: got taken. take the darn penalty <laughs> kick. Benny Philhopper. Well, Fellhopper. you
2: know, you see the arguments from the defensive players. Yeah, and all that. Yeah. You're uh,
1: welcome for him, by the way, as a Revolution fan. <laughs> You're welcome for Benny <laughs> Philhopper, Sporting Kansas City. So
2: then Rodriguez, 83rd minute now. Rodriguez puts in a header from, of course, Brad Davis. Beautiful. Okay, 83rd minute, 4-3. Who? Yeah. Well-fought win for the Houston Dynamo. Yeah, they earned it. Well done. Six minutes of stoppage due to all the arguing. Yeah. I think there was an injury in there. Yeah. Obviously, the goals that are being scored. Well, 95th minute of the game. <sighs> Dom Dwyer has this nice flick up to Susie, who's at the top of the box. A lot of players you're thinking are going to try to turn and shoot that yep. thing. Susie has the presence of mind to head it back to Benny Failhaber. Failhaber, ninety fifth minute goal. He does what he does best, rocket shot from about twenty yards out. It completely reminded me of that awesome goal he had against Mexico in the two thousand and seven
1: Gold Cup final. Now there you go, four four, Sporting in Houston. Yeah, I think the ref blew the whistle very shortly after that. He's probably like, "We're done, <laughs> shut it down. I got nothing left. This is ridiculous." That that game, I think, should be you know argued as one of the best games. I know we've still got many weeks to play, sure. but yep. a four four thriller. And a 95th minute tying goal—that's hard to beat. That
2: is hard to beat, and a, and a great goal at that. Yes, that was that was it was beautiful. You can't deny that. No,
1: certainly not. But yeah, we certainly saw four teams score four goals each in their game. That's kind of that doesn't happen every day. Yeah, I know we're running
2: short on time. Do you want to review that New England game at all? Or? I
1: will fast. Yeah, like I said, it was it was a good game for the Revolution as a whole because they got a much needed win against a tough Western Conference opponent, but. You only can take it for what it's worth because no Nick Raimondo in goal, which immediately changes the circumstances. And then Kyle Beckerman was also out due to the injury that he got during the USA-Mexico game. Um, I will say this, though. Chris Tierney, uh, the left back for the New England Revolution, scoring the first goal of the game on an absolute gorgeous curling ball to the far post with his weaker foot, that man needs to start getting looked at for U.S. men's national team play. I, I agree with you. I know you're trying to start a movement on Twitter. I'm trying to start a movement, right? Chris Tierney, for U.S. men's national team because – when you look at guys like Fabian Johnson, you look at Greg Garza, and you look at Breck Shea, all of them are pretty much good at one thing. You know, Chris Tierney is good at several things. Right. He doesn't have blazing fast speed like Fabian Johnson, but he's got terrific first touch. He's a great set piece taker. He's got a deadly left foot, better than Breck Shea is, and he can score with his weaker foot on top of everything else. And he's only 29 years old. Yeah, some people are like, oh, he's too old. Well,. He's old, but he's not at the same time because he's got good experience. But either way, New England scoring, four different goal scorers. That was a huge one, especially for that, you know, building confidence across the board. Agadello, Davies. uh, We saw Scotty Caldwell get his first professional goal. Huge game for them. He was awarded the match ball. A great game overall for New England. Uh, Hopefully that can continue to carry on uh, this coming week when they will uh, take on the Red Bulls, which we'll talk about in our next segment. Uh, DC United taking on Vancouver Whitecaps and beating them two one. They go to Vancouver Simon and silence the building, in a two one uh, interesting game. They sure say? did.
2: They sure did. Uh, you know, I don't get what Vancouver fans are saying. I'm sorry for those of you who are Whitecap fans. You're talking about how DC would not have won this game if was if it wasn't for that red card. It was already tied. It was already tied up one one at this point. It's not like DC was getting run off the field. Uh, and, and to say you know, that this red card business doesn't really show how strong DC is or how weak Vancouver is, guess what, folks? Playing the mental game is part of soccer. Yes, it is. Laba got a yellow card, and he got himself in a situation where he had to get another yellow card. Now, was it a yellow? Maybe, maybe not. But you have to after you get your first yellow, mm-hmm. you have to adjust on the field. You really you can't do. play as aggressive. you got to get more creative. He didn't. He got the red card. He, he uh, paid the price. you know sixty five seconds in, you are thinking Vancouver's going to take care of this game. Pedro Morales plays a great ball, uh, places it right over uh, Dykstra, dC 's keeper.. Yep. But then Bobby Boswell comes just uh, you know 10 minutes later or so, and uh, ties it up, and then Chris, Wal- Chris Rolf. Sixty-fourth minute! What Ooh. a stunning full volley! Strike Beautiful he had. goal! So, guess what? DC wins the game. You can talk about the possession game. You can talk about this red card. The fact of the matter is, in soccer, only one thing matters, and that is the scoreboard. And DC United, who you've been questioning, yeah, wins two to one.
1: I don't know. Still, still on the fence about them. <laughs> no, I'm kidding. I, they're doing well, in all honesty. And we'll talk about them in our power rankings as well. Um, briefly looking at some of the other games sure. before you dump uh, jump in, uh, TFC Josie Altzador scoring his first his second and well no his third and fourth goal third and fourth yep Brace league play for, yep. Uh, TFC finally getting a victory against none other than Orlando City SC. at home too, Orlando at again home. at home Orlando just have an awful luck at home yes this year. they are um, and then the Red Bulls uh, Colorado go one one uh, last night. I think we skipped over the Red Bulls. We did because yeah, I was going yeah. back because oh, gotcha, I wanted to. Because gotcha. I know for that Seattle Portland game, I wanted to get your thoughts about that fast before we talk about the LA Red Bulls game. Gotcha. Okay. So Seattle Portland though a one zero game. Clint Dempsey just playing clean up, doing what a forward's yep, got to do, and yep. just knocking on the goal to take home the victory.
2: Yeah, I have to say it was it was not a fun game, and it's not just because the Timbers lost. I think any unbiased person watching that game. It was it was pretty boring. It was not one of the better yeah. Seattle Portland games. You know, Portland has lost plenty to Seattle that I thought that was a fun game to watch. Oh, sure. This was not. This was this was just a lot of uh, a lot of again whining to the refs, but a lot of uh, back and forth ball and not back and forth in an exciting way like no. that Champions League final was. This was uh, just slow. It was slow. It was boring. I honestly I don't have much thoughts on this other than did seattle deserve to win i don't know did portland deserve to win i don't know that's the kind of game it was yeah
1: and it's as a as an outsider looking and i didn't follow the game too closely but when i did check in on the stats and just check in on the goals and stuff i'm like it's it was one zero and from the from everything that i gathered from my my good writer friends on twitter about the game they were not thrilled by the game They're like well that was kind of a waste of almost two hours (laughs) of my life you know it was
2: i think it was the 40th no, it wasn't the, no.
1: they've played more games than that. So, anyways, I'm, I'm thinking of the 40th anniversary. Ah. Um, well, you did mention, though, that Portland had two great opportunities um, as Adi came in late in the he game. He did.
2: Well, that's, that's one thing I'll say. I was very pleased. Uh, I, I questioned why Porter wasn't starting Adi, and then I realized why he wasn't. Uh, Rudy actually played very well. He did his job in this game. So he was in there for Adi. Then Adi comes in, I believe, in the 74th minute. And uh, two clear chances on goal. He couldn't put him away. But I, what I thought was this is awesome. It's the 74th minute. We're at Sea Link. Portland's got this game tied up. A fresh Adi in the 74th minute. Are you kidding me? This is, this is That's fantastic. The dream. <laughs> two clear chances that unfortunately he missed. Um, but yeah, I mean, you do look at the stats. Portland actually outshot Seattle, not by much, by one, but 11 shots to
1: 10. So in that regards, it wasn't boring. It wasn't like it was, you know, two shots to one kind of a thing. I mean, there was 21 total shots. Yes, only five total shots combined between the two teams hit target. Right. Uh, three for Seattle, two for Portland. But, but, but we still. you know, we talk about the back and forth. Even you look at the passing, 510
2: total passes for Seattle, 503 for Portland. Possession was, for all intents and purposes, 50-50. I was say it was right down the middle, yep. basically. So and and it wasn't down the middle because of the fantastic passing they were doing. Yes, it was just slow. It was a slow game. So I thought Portland was going to pull it out with Adi, but uh, Portland's keeper, I always I always uh, mess up his name, Kwarcy, bobbles the ball when he, he
1: should have had that in his hands. And, and give credit to Dempsey, he was there. Cleanup crew put it in. And that's what One you're zero. taught to do. That's what you're taught to do. All right, quickly, Simon, talk about the Red Bulls Galaxy game, and then we'll jump to a break and come back and talk power rankings and predictions. Sounds good. Uh, sorry, where are we at? Galaxy Red <laughs> Bulls. You had a, Galaxy Red some Bulls. thoughts about this game in terms of the n- amount of possession that the Red Bulls had. Oh, it's
2: just amazing. You know, This also happened in the Colorado game. New York Red Bulls, even though they tied these games 1-1, and I think a lot of that was because they played two games in three days, and they'll eventually play three games in seven days, and then they'll finally get that eight-day break. Well-deserved. But but their possession has been amazing. Uh, Up in the near the the 70s, I mean, against Colorado it was 69%, and I think it was around 65, 64 against L.A. It was again, yeah. Michael Bradley had a quote last year saying, don't look too much into possession, though. (laughs) That's not what matters. Well, what matters is the score.
1: Yes, but
2: but we see that right. So New York's dominated on the field both
1: these games. Mm-hmm. Uh, that LA goal was against the run of play. Clearly, it was. Yet it was Bradford James in the fourth, a young prospect, first first MLS yeah. goal. And we could get into Zardes the second time too. too. Yeah, he really is. People are calling him Jesse artist the second. They got the same hairdo going on. That's I think that's the that's weird. You know why artist does that? Why?
2: So his grandparents
1: can see him. That's oh, that's, that's awesome. Wow, that's a yeah. great thing for him. Good to. Well done, sir. All right, well, we're going to take a quick break. When we come back, we're going to offer our power rankings and offer our MLS predictions, uh, which are sponsored by Shop Futsal. And then we do have our I Believe segment as well. This is two up front. Don't go anywhere. to another edition of two up front i'm baxter colburn
2: this is simon provan all right
1: well we don't have a ton of time unfortunately left today simon uh we both have some extra things to do right after the show but so we both got to scoot out of here quickly but uh our new power rankings are out simon uh take us from number 10 down to number one and uh give us a little little insight for us
2: all right so number 10 big slide this week vancouver whitecaps but look at they lost 2-1 at home we don't
1: have one win in their last four games. That'll see you drop in any power rankings. Oh, yeah, no matter what. Unless you're MLS and then you think that, you know, the Seattle Sounders deserve to be number two. <laughs> Don't even get me started about that. Oh, we need a 50-50 segment about MLSsoccer.com. <laughs> That yellow it's not font, all bad. It's not that all Club bad, America but. yellow font. <laughs> I can't read it. So it's more of the just the layout stuff, <laughs> it really right? Is okay. give me their uh, give me their web designer on the phone. <laughs> who do we
2: have at number nine? Number nine
1: there? is the Houston Dynamo, the former East, now the West. Uh, they didn't do awful. Uh, that four-four draw, definitely something to good, uh, something good to keep an eye on. Uh, you know, I, I had them originally in my playoff prediction, and I you did, backed and then you, out you backed out on them. Um, You could make an argument that maybe they should be higher up the list because they tied, but as you will find out later on, uh, Sporting Kansas City is not in our power rankings anymore. That's right. That's right. Uh, Number eight, a former number one, as we've seen two former number ones now at the bottom of our power rankings, FC Dallas. Why is that, Simon? Well, they're
2: a bit of a question mark right now. They have one win in four games after starting hot out the gate. Uh, You know, their draw was against Colorado, who also beat them. So, yeah, they had a victory two weeks ago that was. Convincing, except, of course, for the last five minutes against TFC when Giovinco took matters into his own hands. (laughs) That man is just just a monster. So while we see other teams really
1: starting to show who they are, FC Dallas is going the opposite way. Yeah. But, like we said, it's a long season, so we'll see. Uh, number seven, the Seattle Sounders. Not very convincing, like we said, against Portland, uh, especially with having Clint Dempsey back. All their big guns, you'd like to take them against the field almost any day, in all honesty. Especially at home. Exactly, especially at home. Still got the win, so you got to credit them yep. for that. They move up in the shield rankings. But, like we just mentioned... How in the world does MLSsoccer.com have them at number
2: two in their
1: power rankings? We know that MLS loves the Sounders, but do they have to make it that obvious? Come on. Might as well just give them number one. Just be like, they win the cup. Just give it to them. They've been pushing for them to win the cup for the last, like, five years for gosh sakes.
2: I think we have a slight drop in this next team. I think they were five last week,
1: perhaps? Uh... There were three.
2: They were. Oh, yes. Well, they had a big slide then. We've got the LA Galaxy at six. Look, they had a decent draw at Red Bulls without Keen, but one through five right now basically is just proving to be better. So it's not even so much a slide because they're playing bad. It's that mm-hmm. these other teams above them have
1: just been playing really, really well, which
2: leads us to number five.
1: Number five, the Columbus Crew. Uh, they were s- uh, seven. I can. I know how to read. They were seven <laughs> last week. Uh, they haven't lost since week three, Simon. They're on a two-game winning streak, four-game total unbeaten streak. That four-goal escapade against the Philly Union, not a bad showing. And
2: Kai Kamara getting his fifth goal of the he season. He is. He is doing very well. So this next one, I'm hoping it's not an anomaly because I did go back and see who they've beaten. Yeah. Uh, but the Chicago Fire, they're winners of three in a row, and, and they have been convincing wins. Can't argue with that. But those three wins, we will have to check ourselves on this. Philly.
1: Toronto, and NYCFC. Yeah. So,
2: But that Toronto, that was a full-strength Toronto that team, so if I remember correctly.
1: It depends on how you want to look at it. Do you want to look at how that team as Toronto was doing up to that point, or do you want to look at the players they had on the field? You very, know?
2: very good. There's yeah.
1: numerous ways to look at it. Uh, number three, the New England Revolution. Woo! Uh, pretty straightforward, in all honesty. 4-0 win against RSL. Yes, like we said, they were playing a downed version of RSL, but still, anytime you score four goals against any team in MLS and have not lost a game... Uh, in recent history I can't remember how many unbeaten they are at but uh, they are they're playing very well here's the deal if Germany plays a weakened in Brazil in the World Cup final and Germany wins
2: mm-hmm. guess what they are they're the World Cup champions that's true it's it's not about who's there or not there when it gets down to it. Mm-hmm. Um, it's, for the most part, when we were doing power rankings, yeah, a little bit, little bit different. Sure, sure. But
1: you win the game. You win the game. Yeah. New England hasn't lost since week two. So I, I'm going to turn the honors back to you for uh, number two in our <sighs> Thank rankings. Thank you. Thank you so much. I noticed how I even did the Seattle one, too. Uh, number two is D.C. United. Such a great, great team. Love them. <laughs> Love them. I might get a jersey. Uh, they have a big win this week, though, Simon. Uh, they win 2-1, big win away from home. Uh, they definitely seem to be firing in all cylinders, which leads us to a number one team.
2: Number one. As same of, as last the, week. For the
1: same as last week. That's right. New York, they didn't lose.
2: They didn't lose only undefeated team in MLS the New York Red Bulls so you could say hey they've they've had two draws or last game and they're 1-1 i still think with the possession that they did have as much as, much as michael bradley might not agree with me they keep that possession they're they're going to start dominating even more so in this league. And you can't... I mean, two games in three days. They were preparing before that first game for both games. Mm -hmm. Uh, They have another game coming up very soon, so they're in a tough stretch. If they can get through... And they're going to be be playing a very strong New England Revolution. If they remain undefeated, whether that's another draw or whether that's an actual win hey, they stay at the top. They do. If they lose, different story. But the fact of the matter is, they're playing a lot of games in a short period of time.
1: They are. And now, Simon, I did notice this, so those are our official power rankings. Um, I did notice that the biggest drop that we had was the Vancouver Whitecaps were at number two last week, and they fell all the way to 10. All the way to 10.
2: I think it's just the realization of looking at their past results. They're they're actually not, not... I don't want to say they're not as good as we thought they were. Because they're still
1: the number one team in MLS technically. Technically. Because they had a hot start. Right. And they're riding that
2: wave. And that's, again, what we keep reminding people of. This is not about the current standings. This is definitely about how hot teams are right now. And Vancouver is not hot.
1: Exactly. All right. Well, we're going to go through our predictions very fast. uh, Brought to you by ShopFutsal.com. No takers last week on the uh, challenge. So hopefully we get at least five of you this week. If you have the best prediction record... Uh, out of the, all the predictions that are posted this week, uh, you will win a $25 gift card to com, courtesy of Allison Phillips and the Wisconsin Sports Group. Absolutely. All right. Well, we're going to blaze through our, our picks real quick here because we are nearly out of time. <laughs> uh, Simon, Houston and FC Dallas, who you got? Houston and FC Dallas. I'm going to go with Houston on this one. All right. I've got FC Dallas. Uh, RSL and San Jose. RSL. I've got San Jose. All right. Uh, Two for two so far here. Uh, Philly and TFC, please. TFC. Yeah, TFC for that one as well. Game of the week right here. DC United and Columbus Crew. I'm telling
2: you, I'm calling this the game of the week. Okay. Uh, We could say New England NYRB is a game of the week, but I'm going with this one. Um, This is a tough one. Just because they're at home, I'm going with DC.
1: Mm, I've got the crew winning this one. Not that I don't like DC. I took a, a f- solid, like, 10 seconds to think if I actually wanted to pick DC. <laughs> uh, Revolution and the Red Bulls. I think the Red Bulls' winning streak or undefeated streak comes to an end. And I completely agree with you. Revolution are hot. New York not doing terrible, but they haven't been able to close out games.
2: Well, and it's not even so much about the closing out games for me. It's that this is the third game in seven or eight days. Yeah, they're going to be tired. It's I think tired. New England's
1: going to take advantage of that. Galaxy and Colorado. I think the Galaxy are going to... You know, dust off themselves and start scoring some more goals and beat the Yes, Pablo
2: Mastorani comes home to L.A., but his Colorado Rapids won't come with them. No, they
1: (laughs) will probably forget to get on the plane. Uh, Portland and Vancouver, another Cascadia Cup uh, excitement. I've got Portland winning this game. Yeah, I'm going to agree with you on that. I think they need to capitalize on Vancouver. Sorry, I I haven't picked a draw yet. I'm picking a draw. Oh, my gosh. (laughs) A 7-7 draw. Uh, this is in my opinion is the game of the week. Sporting Kansas City mm. and Chicago. I've got Chicago beating SKC. You do. They are on fire. They are uh, on fire. <laughs> uh, I'll take I will take sporting
2: on this all one. All right.
1: Uh NYC in Seattle. I have got Seattle winning this game. I don't think uh, that city is capable of winning a game right now. I don't either, so I'm picking New York City. Yeah, you heard me right. <laughs> Moving on. Houston and San Jose, I've got Houston winning this game. I do as well. <laughs> Why do we work together? <laughs> uh, Toronto FC Ooh, is going to go games. all Club America on Montreal, in my opinion. They oh, this is the other. Canadian Championship. That's yeah. why. Okay. So we, we're, we're picking these? Yeah, we're definitely picking these. So I, I, have, my, I have TFC beating Montreal. Montreal's going in. The winners on this one? Uh, I don't think so. And then Vancouver versus FC Edmonton, part of the Canadian Championship. I'm going to take Vancouver just because I don't know who FC Edmonton is.
2: I believe they are an NASL club, oh, well, and they they actually do quite well in
1: this tournament. So oh. guess what? I'm picking FC Edmonton. Upset. All right, and then the Galaxy and Real Salt Lake. I will go with I'll go with Galaxy on this one. Galaxy. All right, that's uh, that's who I have as well. All as right, the Galaxy. All right, Simon. Well, you know what that means, Simon. It's time for our Believe segment, uh, part of our show. Um, Unfortunately, Simon, I'm going to go first because I want to. uh, I believe uh, that we need more time. Uh, Great. We don't have time. We don't. I believe we're three minutes over. I believe you are correct. So I'm so glad that we agree. Uh, Did you hear that music, which means it is time for our show to come to a conclusion. It's been a lot of fun. Uh, a little bit faster show today, but still a good time as always. We heard about our power rankings, our uh, CCL recap. Be and so sure, much more.
2: go on Facebook, give us your predictions. We want somebody to win this shopfutsal.com $25 gift certificate. So yep. we need at least
1: five people joining us on our prediction. Watch for the official uh, feed to be posted uh, later today. We will post it in all caps, say, hey, predictions, put them here. Uh, Simon and I will share him on our respective Facebooks and Twitters and all that, too. So check it out. You could win. You could win big money. All right. Uh, he's Simon Provan. I am Baxter Colburn. Any final thoughts, sir? Hey, two months together. Woo! Thanks for a good time, buddy. You're, You're looking welcome. forward Thank to you. many more months together. The future is bright, sir. I'm very much excited for it. All right. Well, for Simon Proven, I am Baxter Colburn. And with our manager being the one up top, we are two up front. Have a great rest of your day, folks. Go!